Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the TSM Q TSMU Q&A series. It's a lot of letters. Uh, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> I'm your host, Ben Green from Lenovo. Uh, and today I'm joined by an extremely special guest, Sumi. How's it going, Sumi? How are you today? Hey, what's up, Ben? What's up, everyone? It's, Thanks uh, for being here. It's a here. great day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no worries. I'm enjoying myself already. Yeah, same here. Uh, I was on here last week, everyone. I, I'm from Lenovo, actually. I'm the community manager over at Lenovo. Uh, excited to be back on TSMU this week with Sumi. Uh, for this Q&A, we're pulling questions from the TSMU Discord. So if you have a question for Sumi, uh, head over to discord.gg slash TSMU and ask your question in the Q&A questions channel. And then we'll pull your questions on throughout the show uh, if you have a good question for Sumi. So while people get their questions coming in, Sumi, do you mind doing a quick intro to help us get to know more about yourself and what you do in your role? Yeah, so um, one of the, I get asked this question a lot. It's basically, what do you do for GDQ? And my answer is almost always, uh, I do whatever. Um, just because GDQ is like a, we're still in that like small startup kind of format where people do a lot of different things. So while I am the director of marketing and business development, um, I basically do whatever needs to be done. So I write copy, I manage the social media team, I manage our press um, initiatives. I also do like all of our sponsorships, a lot of outreach, and I also help with choosing games for the event and uh, logistical things that don't require a lot of tech knowledge. I, if I'm able to help there, then I just kind of jump in and do it. And on the side, I have, um, I also do freelance hosting, um, interviewing and singing every once in a while. And uh, I come from like a decent history in gaming. I've My first event that I ever did was a League of Legends and StarCraft II event. Um, I've also done in live interpretation for a game company. Um, I, I interpreted uh, English to Japanese and Japanese to English in Japan. Um, for a trade show for a gaming company. And I've also worked as a brand manager for Bandai Namco. Um, very, very fortunate to have worked on titles like Tekken 7, Dragon Ball Fighters, Dark Souls, Little Nightmares. It was just kind of, when I say I do whatever, I really kind <laughs> of do whatever. <laughs> Jack of all trades, whatever needs to get done, basically. That's, yeah, it's a very varied uh, career history. So I'm sure people have a lot of questions for everything in that area for, <laughs> that you've been through. Uh, so really quickly, I, I should intro myself a little more, just people, if they don't know who I am, again, I'm the community manager over at Lenovo, managing our, our .com community for the Legion brand. So fans of Legion, whether or not you have a, a computer, um, from that group. And I've done a lot of cool stuff with TSM, a couple of these interviews now, and, uh, really excited to talk to Simi today. I think we have our first questions coming in, so I'll go ahead and start rolling those in. The cool. first one is from Nick, spelled N-I-K-C. So I think it's still Nick. Uh, as the director of marketing at Games Done Quick, what advice do you have for aspiring marketing slash media professionals to get their foot into the door of the gaming slash esports industry? Great question. Definitely a great question. I think that experience is probably the most important thing because for gaming, um, there only now are there starting to be like gaming focused um school series like classes that are dedicated to gaming so for a lot of professionals who maybe have already gone through college um they they don't have like that gaming specific degree or anything like that but i would say definitely look into opportunities that may not necessarily be something that you're like your i'm going to do this forever job or anything like that but just get that experience and take on jobs and um yeah just intern if you are a student definitely intern internships are very very valuable it's a good use of your free time um and you get a lot of experience and you get to network with people who are already in the industry and it's really a chance for you to prove yourself and that's the case whether you do an internship or you take on a um an entry-level position um for me i did uh, i did a lot of volunteering and that's a really that's a really like it's a hard spot to be in because I firmly believe that people um, should be paid for their time. Um, if they're like working for a company, then you know they should. You you should know your worth. And that balance between doing stuff for free because there's no budget and trying to get that experience is really hard to navigate. But um, I I have definitely volunteered a lot in my life, 
just doing whatever I could to help different broadcasts and different uh, companies. Actually, when I first went to a speedrun event as a, as just a regular attendee, I saw that they didn't have any sponsors, and I was like, "Hey, I can help. Let me help you." And basically, I I did that for free. I volunteered, and I was like, "I can I can do this." For you because i see like games and quick is really cool you do a lot of amazing things and the team is just super nice and i i really want to help and i did that and then they're like well well that's cool well how about <laughs> you do that for us uh more and we'll pay you and yeah that's basically how i got started there so yeah i mean these opportunities that's awesome. I think to your point, the volunteer is a good way to start something. Um, I think we talk a lot about content creation here too, as a way you can just start doing something to get that experience. Yeah. Um, but it's it's cool to hear your own examples too of how you kind of broke in. Was was the story you just told was that your first kind of way of doing volunteer work initially, or did you have some steps before getting there? Um, no. So there were actually I was actually attending. Um, I was attending a, a, an esports event. A long time ago and i was just sitting in the crowd watching starcraft and because <laughs> I, I was there to watch starcraft and league of legends so i was just like watching and then someone came up to me and they're like hey do you do you know a lot about this about starcraft i'm like well yeah i'm i'm here to watch and they were like oh well do you want to try like auditioning on camera for like a host position. And I was like, okay, sure. So I went, I got up from my seat. I was in the middle of watching a match, by the way, I got up and then I went and, and I did like a, well, a kind of, well, it's not a self tape, but I basically did like an audition, like right there, like at the event to host wow. an event. And they actually ended up hiring me afterwards. So yeah, I mean, I, I just, I lived in, I lived in Hawaii for a while and it's a very isolated, it's an isolated state in the United States. So there weren't a lot of gaming events there. There was like one anime convention that even happened. And so I, a lot of times I saved up a lot of money to like fly to these gaming events to meet people and to like mm. learn more. It was definitely, I, I invested a lot of time and money with like no return just to, just to like get out there and exist in the space. And um, I think that now the industry is in a place where that's not necessarily required anymore, but I would just say it just comes down to taking advantage of like every chance that you get, like just, yep. just put yourself out there. You can't get, uh, you can't, you can't expect anything if you're just going to um, hope for the opportunities to fall in your lap. Yeah, I completely agree. And just starting something um, is a big thing. Again, I, yeah. I go back to content creation a lot, but just getting that first initial foot out there to put yourself out there is a big piece. And it, uh, thanks for sharing your story too, because I think specific examples are really helpful of how someone actually did it and made that happen. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, next yeah. question is from Godu, how do I say this name? Goduf Gui, I believe. Uh, God, who said, God of Gui. God of Gui. <laughs> yeah, it sounds way better in my version. <laughs> we'll go with that. It says, now that it has been almost a month since uh, TI 10 and things have settled down, how would you rate your experience with the production of this TI? How are talent given roles in large tournaments like that? I'll start with those two questions from the, the couple that are here. Okay. So, um, Oh man, has it already been a month since TI10? <laughs> oh my god, it doesn't even feel like that. Um, my experience with the production of TI was, it was like, there's so many different touch points for production. So um, I have worked with the production, with some of the production team of TI for longer than just TI. Like they do some other live streams for like, for instance, they also do um, Steam Next Fest, which is like, it's a live stream where they show off demos and stuff for upcoming games. It's really a, it's a chance for people to get to know some of the games that aren't out on the platform yet, but have demos available so that they can try it out. Um, I've hosted for those live streams as well. So I've worked with the, the Valve production team um, on those things. So I'm very familiar with them. So coming into TI, I already knew what to expect. I knew who I was working with. Um, but what I didn't expect was I mean, I, I kind of expected it because of how big the production is and how it's done in so many different languages. But like the production team had people that were like super experienced, like they did traditional sports, they did 
I, I, I think I heard something about Super Bowl at some point. Um, someone had said, oh, yeah, I worked on the I worked on the, the Olympics in Tokyo. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Oh, OK, <laughs> so they're they're super, super professional. And I feel like I learned a lot from them in terms of like how productions, how their production works, um, especially since for games done quick you know, I, I work on the production side, so I, I, I know what it's like to be in their shoes, but they, it was just kind of awe-inspiring to be able to work with so many very talented, accomplished people. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty nerve-wracking at some points, but um, ultimately I think that there are a lot of things that I learned from the production team. And um, I also had some points of feedback for them as well that I sent over after TI was over that um, just from like a, a first time TI talent perspective. And um, I feel like there's a definitely a way for both of us to learn from each other. Um, other than that, yeah, it's just like, I would say it's pretty standard. Like, you know, you throw to games, you talk to the talk to the team productions in your ear talking to you. I, I felt very safe the whole time. That's great. Yeah. I mean, running a huge event like that must be so complicated on the production side. So hats off to that entire team for managing <laughs> for that kind of sure. thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the other questions from God of Gui <laughs> was, uh, how are talent given roles in large tournaments like that? Do you have any thoughts on that piece of the question? Yeah. So um, talent are, I guess what happens, I, so I, I don't really have a say into like how talent are given roles, but I can only speak to like what happened with me. Right. Um, I was approached prior to TI, prior to the announcement, and they said, hey, um, you did a great job at Singapore Major because I had done the Singapore Major. I was a host for the Singapore Major earlier in that year, in April. Um, they said, uh, we think you did a great job. Do you think you would be down to do TI as a host? And I said, sure. And um, that's basically all that's basically all I could say for how talent are chosen. I think that they just pick people to, to do right do the, the role, you know. Um, but a lot of I think one of the things that a lot of people saw is that I didn't only just desk host. I also did stage host and I also did interviews. I did um, one of the exit interviews when a team was eliminated. And I also did the grand final winners interview, which was the scariest, one of the scariest things of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but those those opportunities actually happened because when, you know, when TI was being planned, there were actually some things going on with. Uh, COVID and they had to move the event from one country to a completely different country and they had to push back the timeline. Um, and because of that, there were, a there were a couple of openings in terms of um, talent coverage. And they said, like, you know, logistics had one of our hosts leaving before the grand finals was able to finish because it went to a game five. So they said, hey, our um, the person that was going to do the interview actually needs to fly home because they have some stuff that like they they can't miss. So do you mind covering and filling in? And I was just like, yeah, sure. No problem. I can do that. And um, at one point I was so we had someone that was dedicated to doing exit interviews for the teams that were eliminated. And he was fantastic. You know, like he had that rapport with the with the teams. He knew a lot of them already. So he had that relationship with them. I didn't have that relationship. Um, but at the same time, you know, he needed a break and he needed, he need like, he had been working all day and he said, Hey, do you mind covering? And I said, yeah, sure. Because, you know, we're, we're friends. We got each other's backs that way, you know? So no problem. And that's basically how it happened. So, um, I was hired as a host, but, you know, just flexing to do those things is like part of mm -hmm. it's 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 just kind of like what what we do right like yeah i'm sure you know this as well mr q a master of tsmu <laughs> like you're you just do what you got to do to get it done and yeah that's basically what we do well a couple of great things in that too is it goes back to what you've already talked about i think so far which is in terms of flexibility being able to do multiple things on broadcast or in beyond broadcast in your case uh and having <laughs> the ability to fill multiple hats which honestly are needed especially in gaming as a space that's so new still like yes it's it's more long than it was a couple of years back but still flexibility is a huge asset um and in terms of getting the actual role i think having that background helped you essentially get that role so 
having that experience of things you've worked on and put yourself out there in the past is kind of what led to this eventual role coming up. So I think it all kind of comes full circle with what you started with in this conversation. Um, and it's a yeah. great practical example of that. Yeah, they've they had actually told me that they've seen my work before, like they mm -hmm. saw that I did Evo, which is like the worlds of the fighting game community. And I've also done um, I've I, as mentioned before, I had done Singapore major and I had also done um, mm -hmm. a lot of other live streams with them. So they were very acquainted with my with my skill set. And I guess that's basically what led to being hired at TI. I can't say for sure because I wasn't really told anything else other than that they saw my work and that they were happy. Right. So that's all right. I can, that's all I know. <laughs> and it goes out to putting yourself out there though. Like you said earlier, if, if you hadn't done that, then that wouldn't happen. So, um, and just yeah. keeping that going. So thanks to God of Gui for the great questions on that piece. Uh, next question is from Maggie who asked, how did you get started in your career to be where you are now? Which I think you've touched on a little bit here, but any thoughts kind of looking back at your path towards where you are currently? Yeah. So for from like a, I'm thinking from like a collegiate university perspective, um, I think a lot of people when they see like my my title director of marketing and business development that I have like <laughs> a I have a degree. I have like a master's or a Ph.D. in, in marketing or business development or or anything like that. No, I actually don't have a degree in either of those things. I have a uh, I have a bachelor of arts in japanese language which uh <laughs> i'm not the director of japanese language <laughs> so quick you know so um i would say that you know when i got my when i decided to get my degree i was actually trying to do computer science and japanese at the same time but um i ran out of money so i couldn't <laughs> do both of them <laughs> and uh, i ended up just um, taking the degree in Japanese language. It's like East Asian language literature. And like I took linguistics because I love languages. I actually took a bunch of other languages as well. So like I just really like languages. But that doesn't necessarily translate to a marketing job. And what happened was that um, I had been doing kind of like a lot of, like we mentioned earlier, Ben, we we're talking about um, putting ourselves out there and just kind of doing a lot of uh, do, doing whatever, like, opportunities right. came about right and that also included like volunteering for like it, it was like a a news website called Karibu that actually does like they they cover k-pop and i actually one of my friends uh his name is flosion he knew that i'm like he, he he had worked with me before and he was like hey so um do you want to help us like with by being an admin of this K-pop news site? And I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And, you know, I helped with like social media and I helped with like articles and I, I kind of did like whatever just because it was like that startup mentality where you did everything. And that was like for a while, like I started off volunteering there as well. So it's like I, I worked for free because that guy was my friend and he like he I'm down to help out friends, you know? Mm -hmm. um and i was also very young at the time too so i'm like yeah i have like a billion hours of free time and when i was so when i was looking for a job i so my friend one of my friends that i knew um she worked at a traditional ad agency and that was marketing advertising pr it was like a a whole like a full service agency and it it was non-gaming they don't do anything gaming it's traditional and She's like, hey, if you're looking for a job, why don't you apply for this job here as like a, a marketing specialist? And I'm like, I have no marketing experience like at <laughs> all. Why are you asking me this? Like, I'm, I'm not going to pass the interview. And she said, actually, no, I think that a lot of your your experience is extremely, well, extremely relevant. Like you did you do you've put on like events for the, you've helped put on events for like this K-pop website, right? Yeah. Oh, well, you've also like helped run the social media, right? Yeah, also true. You've also helped write like write articles, right? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's all stuff that you would do here. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> and it took a lot of like convincing because there was like imposter syndrome where I'm just like, you know, I, I really don't know if I'm qualified for this. And she was like, okay, just shut up and apply. <laughs> and so I did. And I interviewed with their team. And I interviewed with uh, who became my boss and, and they said that, you know, they felt that my experience was extremely relevant. My degree was absolutely useless, but 
kind of not because they had Japanese clients as well. So it kind of worked out that way. So it's like, even though you don't have like, when people say, oh, I didn't major in this or that, like, those are all skills that you can pick up on your own by putting yourself out there. Like you said, do content creation, um, manage your own social media, and, you know, just take, take, op seize opportunities. And so when people say like degrees are important, yes, they are important. And studying is important. And being able to like, being able to like make it through school is important in its own way, but you don't necessarily need a degree specifically for marketing to be a director of marketing or and business development. Yeah. As someone who's working in marketing, who also does not have a marketing degree, I would confirm everything you just said. Uh, <laughs> it's really great stories. I think of how you went through all that. And the, the thing that I'm hearing another theme from this whole discussion so far is you just keep saying, sure, I can do that with whatever it is, whether it's being hosting something on the spot or um, editing this type of something totally new that you're not really familiar with and just jumping in and trying it out. Um, it goes back to the flexibility that we talked about earlier and just having the ability to kind of pivot and try new things, especially Absolutely. in this space. So yeah. I think that's really great to hear. Again, the actual examples of how your story came up, because I think there's so many different stories of how people get into this space because of what you just said, these, these types of opportunities that pop up that just lead you where you would, we're not really thinking they would go um, and how you can kind of keep that going over time. So yeah, that's super interesting. Sure. One of the answers that I think I have said the most in my entire life is people will ask me, do you know how to do this? And my answer is almost always no, but I can learn and I'm a quick study. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> huge like, skill to have, honestly. You can, I, I firmly believe that anybody can do almost anything that they want as long as as long as they uh, try. And there's also like a little bit of luck involved there, like timing, like there has to be like that opportunity available in the first place for you to seize it. Right. So I'm not going to just say, oh, OK, I got here because of my hard work. Like, yes, that is true, but it's not that's not all. The opportunity has to be there. There's a lot of luck involved. Right place, right time. Um, but because it's because of that luck that you have to like keep trying anyway. Right. I, mm -hmm. I, it sounds like for me, it just sounds like, oh yeah, cool. She got this great job. But at the same time, you know, like if I'm sitting on a mountain of failures as well, there have been many times mm. where, uh, I have, uh, <laughs> I've failed or been denied a job. So don't worry about it. If you if you apply for something and you don't get it, it's not because you're not meant to do it. It's just because it wasn't the right time. If you really want to do it, then just keep trying. Awesome advice. And I, I completely agree with that. You, you have to try and like you said, put yourself out there and be willing to take those failures to find the things that do work on that path. So yep. great stuff. Uh, next question is also from Nick with a CK who says, what skills do you think are most valuable and sought after in the marketing department of esports slash gaming? Any thoughts on the most valuable skills right now in marketing? Probably an understanding of an understanding of the of the community that you're working with, because there's a big difference between working with the League of Legends community and the Dota community versus the Starcraft community versus speedrunning versus the FGC. They're all really, really different. They all have their own little like things, like the things that make them really, really special. Um, and I think being able to activate on those things and understand how the community works and how the best way to communicate with the community is is really, really important for a marketing for a marketing position because um, there are just like anybody can learn like what an ROI is or a KPI or or whatever. You know, everyone can everyone can eventually understand that. But understanding like the nuances, like okay, well, in speedrunning, a lot of people, um, like a lot of people might see, oh, it's just focusing on like world records and stuff like that. But it's, that's not just it, you know, like, yeah, there's people that have the world record, but there's a whole community that for each game that like, lie that like, lies under the surface of the world record, where they are all putting that work together to make this speedrun like, perfect with all the strategies and they're all sharing and talking with each other. And it's like understanding that stuff is only stuff that I've really understood after I became a part of the community. Like I used to watch speed runs and watch people try to get the world record. But when I became involved, I learned a lot more. And part of Games Done Quick is learning how to communicate with all of these communities and, and understanding like what it is that 
that the communities have to offer because they have a lot to offer. We just have to, we just have to know it. So I think that um, a deep understanding of the communities is probably the most important thing. Um, for me, you know, as I mentioned earlier, someone who didn't get a degree in marketing, like all of that other stuff, it you can learn all of those things um, through like, you can literally read textbooks and learn a lot of those things. Um, other than that, it, I would say the ability to adapt because uh, Ben, I'm sure you know this, uh, gaming is changing every single day. At one at one day, everyone's playing Among Us, and another day, everyone's playing <laughs> some other game, and the memes are flowing, and you have to like kind of understand um, how everything is pretty ephemeral. Like one, what is here one day will maybe not be here the next day, and uh, seizing that that key timing for all of your big marketing beats is like really important. So, I would say just understanding that is probably the most important thing to me. I, I would say that, yeah, everything else can be learned. Yeah. Do you, do think, you agree, Ben? I have to ask I, you too, right? <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think to your point, uh, gaming is kind of unpredictable sometimes with new games coming out and either even games that have been out resurfacing and suddenly having a second wind. And um, so being able to adapt to that kind of thing and realize, you know, not just uh, committing to something that you set out that might not work if you planned it a month or two ago, right? And suddenly right. that game has fallen off or some new game pops up out of nowhere. Um, being able to pivot for that kind of stuff, I think is huge. And also, like you said, being able to authentically relate to your community. It's definitely true in esports and gaming. Same thing I'll say for Lenovo. Uh, different communities in the gaming space all care about different things, right? And the only way you learn that stuff is by just being in the community over time and being part of it. So um, definitely agree with everything you mentioned there so far yeah absolutely i mean like even when i did like marketing campaigns for video games for bondi namco it was just like when we're putting together these strategies we always had to adapt based on what was what was like really hot at the time right like mm -hmm. uh, when we pick like what influencers to work with or if we're going to do like a, a traditional banner ad camp like even if we're doing something like a banner ad for for this game like we have to make sure that it's like it's hip with the cool kids, you know? So <laughs> just that, that adaptability is very important. Yeah, and to your point, there's gonna be some trial and error there, especially for new trends that don't have a proven way to do something yet, where you're just yep. gonna have to try something and see how it gets reacted to. And maybe it'll flop, but um, if you wanna get something great, you have to go through some of that too. So yep, that's absolutely. a great point. Uh, real quick, we're about, about the halfway part, uh, a little before that, but. If you have not already asked a question to Sumi and you want to, make sure to jump into the Discord at uh, discord.gg slash TSMU. Ask your question in the text channels chat and we'll pull it into our list of questions to ask Sumi here. Moving on here to our next one, which is also from Maggie. Maggie asks, what advice would you give to graduate slash fresh graduates who are looking to start their own career working in esports? What are some challenges you faced and is there anything you wish you had done while facing those challenges? So really mm -hmm. specific to coming out of your degree, which may or may not be tied into your uh, your major <laughs> there or with what you want to do. Any thoughts on translating that or even your own experiences of going through that? Um, yeah, I, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but just mm -hmm. finding a, a position that will help you grow, um, whether it be forge new connections, expand your network or grow your, your skill set itself, like maybe um, for me, you know, having a degree in Japanese and, and starting off with translation in the game industry, that was at the time I thought maybe that would be something that I would want to do forever because like translating is cool and going to Japan is awesome. But um, I kind of learned that maybe it wasn't something that I wanted to do full time. It was very difficult. Um, and I, I feel like maybe my own skill set doesn't necessarily just translate to just working on interpreting in Japanese. I wanted to do like other things and and grow myself technically because I wanted to, you know, major in computer science, but uh, ran out of money. And um, yeah, uh, I would say when you first graduate from university or college or from a trade school or anything like that, I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't expect to have your entire life planned and you know what what your life or career is going to be. I would say keep an open mind and find something that you like. And that might also involve venturing out of your 
out of your um, out of your comfort zone and doing things that maybe you didn't really have like a you, maybe you your interest was peaked, but you weren't necessarily like, I'm going to do that forever, you know, and I think it was, be, you know, Ben, you mentioned earlier that I've done a lot of things and um, a lot of people would say it seems very unfocused, but it's because of that, that I really kind of, I got a better understanding of what I'm able to do and what I want to do. And now I'm able to kind of forge that path now. And I am, uh, I'm, I've been out of college for a while, a little while now. And um, I feel like only now am I really starting to understand. So if you feel like you don't know where you're going to go yet, it's totally fine. Like, you will you will absolutely be fine and part find like finding what you want to do is part of the process and that you you don't have to have that figured out just because you've settled on a degree so go out there try new things try things that interest you and you know look for that thing that you just that that you want to do yeah i think that's great advice especially with what's available to you with opportunities coming out i mean i'll say from my experience too my first job out of college was not what i thought i'd be doing after graduating it was not my <laughs> major either and somehow you know eventually ended up in the role that i'm in now um and i think that's kind of the nature of the gaming space is there's always new opportunities popping up or something that you didn't know about even that didn't exist a couple of years ago um, right. that you might have the opportunity to fill in based on your skill set so I think that's a great advice just to see what's out there. And like you said, kind of get your foot in the door, get started there. And then that'll actually open you up to more experiences too, as you yep. learn what else is out there. And suddenly you might feel like, okay, that other thing, maybe I'm more interested in going that, that route essentially. So I, I think that's a great way to kind of get your foot in the door if you can find something in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Just find something that you're interested in. There are a lot of positions in gaming that are now becoming like, their own career path like mm -hmm. 10 years ago you would not have thought that people would be doing full-time social media but it's so important that communication line to the community is so important as you've mentioned earlier ben that you know now it, it, it is a it is a full-time position and you just we never would have thought right yeah so <laughs> you just just do what interests you and and don't worry about failure and don't worry about finding something that wasn't a hit with you. You can you will get there. And going for your first job doesn't mean you're locked into it forever. You can always keep looking for for what your your true passions are. And it's totally okay to not have that down right away. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Awesome stuff, Maggie. Thanks for that question. She's got another question coming up next. Uh, which is, how did your family and friends react to you getting involved in the gaming field? This is a great question. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. Was gaming <laughs> crazy, weird, really exciting? How did everyone react to that? In high school, I was a loser. <laughs> I didn't really really upfront. <laughs> I mean, in high school, I really was like kind of a nerd. You know, like they gave out awards for... For student like everyone it, they did the thing where everyone got awards right everyone got an award someone got like most likely to succeed or whatever and i got like miss miss nerd or something like that <laughs> you know like um <laughs> i had like maybe like two friends in school and they were super super cool but they were also not really into gaming so i i spent a lot of um i spent a lot of time actually like hanging out with my friends from other schools but um <laughs> i i would say that for my family I have like I have a lot of siblings and some of them were like super into gaming just like me. So, um they had a uh, they had a better understanding of what it would be like to work in gaming, but a lot of my family didn't really understand and um I also had grandparents that didn't really understand gaming at all and they just thought that I wanted to just do nothing and play video games all day. They weren't wrong, but um, <laughs> it's really hard for people to really understand what it is, you know, as a career. And, and that that doesn't even apply to just gaming. It applies to like a lot of other a lot of other jobs as well. Like people do, people tend to. I would, OK, I wouldn't say they tend to, but there is there is the there is a chance that they will be against something that they don't understand. And I try to think about it that way, because yep. like my family they're not like if they think that i just want to like just play video games and like slack off all day like that just comes from a place of of not understanding right 
And I can't let that hold me back because that's what I want to do. I'm not living for my family. I'm living for myself and what I want to do and all the things that I want to accomplish in life. Um, I didn't, I was met with a lot of, uh, uh, with a lot of, uh, resistance when I said that I wanted to work in gaming full time, but I did have the support of my lovely siblings who were always supportive <laughs> and, and, uh, basically tried their best to understand when I said that, you know, I wanted to like get into gaming. They didn't understand how, but they were just saying, we trust that you have it figured out or something, but we'll support you to the best of our uh, ability. And like, that also included, like, sometimes like my sister would like lend me money when I'm just like, I was poor. I didn't have money. I didn't know what to do. And she's like, don't worry, I got you. And that's the kind of support that I really did need. I didn't necessarily need them to to be like, yeah, you go into gaming and you do you you do all the things you want to do. But they were just like, we're cool. I get it. We're going to support you in whatever way that we can. And that's that's really all I needed. And um, I was very, very, very like I was super, super surprised and very lucky to have that support um, from my uh, from the older generations. I didn't really have that, but I I just kind of like attributed it to a lack of understanding and i like yeah. i don't hold it against them at all but at the same time i'm, I'm not going to be i'm not going to shape my life based off of what they want for me as opposed to what i want for me yeah no i love the way you frame that with it, it the understanding is really the piece of it and it, it, again gaming's so new right like these careers didn't exist when we were kids growing up honestly so a lot of people still don't understand Kind of what's out there and it isn't just playing games all day for at least for everyone you can't all be uh tsm pros but uh I, I think one thing i wanted to ask too is has the perception from family and friends changed over time as you've been in this field longer and i've seen things that you've done in the field i know i've seen that a little bit on my side i'm curious for you too yeah absolutely i think a lot of people especially now that professional gamer is a is a title that <laughs> It, that people household brands understand like household people know now right so if i could go to my friend's mom and be like oh yeah my fiance is a retired professional gamer and they're and they would be like oh really that's really cool they probably play Fortnite, right and i'm like no <laughs> but close enough just a different game you know so people really understand now what it is what it's like to work in gaming and a lot of people are kind of drawing parallels to traditional sports as well so now you know people are able to understand it a little better it's it's really cool though like a lot of people are just like oh gaming sick <laughs> yeah I, I agree and even my my family you know like parents definitely didn't really get it essentially but over years being in the space and seeing more credibility and actually being a real career i think yeah. it's been really cool to see the the, the change in perception there uh, i don't think that'll stop anytime soon as we get more down this line of of gaming so really yes. excited for that. If you have concerns about that, I think it's a great question because there's definitely pushback, especially if you're just starting and yep. you don't maybe have someone to point to as an example of who's made it and that kind of thing. Um, so great question from Maggie. I'm, I'm glad that was asked for sure. Yeah, Maggie, if you ever want someone to talk to your parents, I'll talk to your parents <laughs> for you. Gaming so is we here. We will do it. That's a, <laughs> she's adaptable, right? Including talking to parents if needed. <laughs> One of the many skills. <laughs> Uh, uh, next question is also from Maggie, which is, is there anyone who deeply impacted your career that you'd like to give a shout out to? Another great question. Any mentors, family members, friends that really impacted you? I would say, okay, this is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but really every person that I've interacted with in gaming has shaped me in one way or another. Like whether the experience was great or not so great, I've learned a lot from all of those experiences. So I think that... I would say like I would say that all of those people have impacted my career in 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 good ways because I'm where I am now because of uh, some of my experiences but in terms of like in terms of like people that I would love to shout out I would definitely love to give a shout out to my family um my especially like the sisters that I grew up with because they supported me when I was kind of mean to them and they still loved me and supported me and they still like helped me out when I was like just trying my best to like get started in gaming and they were they were just they've always just been really good to me and like my uh, one of my little sisters actually still plays video games with me like all the time because that's like how we bond and stuff and 
like that relationship, especially because I um like my my sisters and my my brothers are like they're like they're like basically all like to sum it up, they're like kind of like almost the only family that I have. So I really, really, really appreciate the relationships that I have with them all. Um I actually I'm fortunate to like live close to my other sister and she's doing awesome stuff in gaming too. And I'm just so happy to see her successful as well. So I want to shout her out too. But I also want to give a really, really big shout out to my fiance. Um, his name is Hi, and he used to be a League of Legends pro gamer and he's retired and now he's running his own team. But he has helped me a lot in terms, especially like throughout our relationship because us being able to like do like for me to be able to do all of these things it's largely in part is because of his support you know like he's always encouraging me and telling me like you should do this I think it'd be really good it's really good opportunity I think you're the perfect fit and he helps like kind of like whisk away those the imposter syndrome that stops me from like pursuing things because like you know like Ben I've told you it, you have to seize every opportunity, but I'm always, I'm scared too. You know, like there are times when I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And he's like, you can do it. I support you. If if it doesn't work out, don't worry about it. We're, we're going to, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll work it out and we'll just move forward to the next thing. And that like that support is like super, super valuable. Like it's invaluable. It, it's like, it's priceless. I wouldn't give that up for the world. So Shout out to my amazing fiance for always supporting me. That's awesome. Yeah, I think finding that support, like you said, of of who, even if it's not everyone, like the key people who can help support you, whether it's your siblings or your fiance in your case, um, or anyone who can really just understand you a bit more, or even if they don't understand, I think, in the case of like your siblings you're talking about, still just be there to help push you through and help going down that path. Yeah, That's absolutely. huge. And I, I definitely, again, Kind of going back to the last question, it may not be that everyone gets exactly what you're doing in the gaming space, um, but if you can find the people who at least support you down that path, that's huge, I think, to keep yourself moving down there. Yeah. It, awesome. Like, it, I consider myself very lucky to have all of these people in my life. Like, my friends, too, they're super, super cool. Like, they're very smart. They keep me grounded. They tell me when I'm on the wrong path and they kind of redirect me to the right path. I'm very, very fortunate to have these people in my life. It's, that's part of the luck. <laughs> that's, that's right. That absolutely is on that side. Uh, great question, Maggie. Thank you for all the great questions, actually. Just one after yeah. the other coming in today. Uh, next question is, what is your day-to-day -day like in your role at Games Done Quick? I love this question because I feel like every role is so different. And apparently yours is all over the place. So <laughs> can you give yeah. me like a day in your role at Games Done it Quick? It really, really depends. Like sometimes like we're picking games for the event. So I'm sitting there watching videos of people speedrunning and kind of trying to determine if it's, it would be a good fit for our event or we're having meetings where we talk about it together. There are a lot of times where I do a lot of, I, I do a lot of, I do the uh, sponsorships for our event as well. So that involves a lot of meetings where I'm meeting with people in the industry and saying, hey, would you like to support Games Done Quick and support the event? And um, also, you know, spon your sponsorship will go to charity and, you know, just having like these business meetings. We're also meeting where we have a very close partnership with Twitch. So sometimes we have meetings with Twitch. Um, I travel a lot. So when I'm on site at events, you know, I'm sometimes I'm running around and, and running errands, like going to uh, going to the grocery store and helping some people pick out some some things that we need. Or like I think we did a we did like a micro center run at one point to buy some. Well, we do that every event, but I actually get to go sometimes to like the micro center to go buy stuff for that are that our tech team needs or I don't know. Sometimes I'm sitting around just ordering stuff online to make sure that they arrive to the event on time. And it's just basically like if somebody says like I need something and I don't know where it where it go, where like where to ask, then I I will try my best to be that first touch point. And if I can't handle it, then I'll I'll find someone who can. Um, yeah, lots of meetings, lots of uh, <laughs> lots of cold calls actually, because that's like because sponsorships is like part of sales, right? So we do like, I, I do a lot of outreach on my own and um, yeah, it's uh, there's, there's kind of a lot of stuff. And then like on the <laughs> side, I do like all my freelance stuff. So 
Uh, it, I would it's say every day is really completely different and it depends on what stage of the event we're at, whether we're just, we, we're hot off the, the trails of a event just ending and I'm doing reporting and reporting back to people and doing write-ups or we're, if we're like focusing entirely on the next event and planning for that, it, it really changes every day. Yeah, I can imagine, especially as those cycles go through with, uh, like you said, the adaptability and just the the range of different things that are involved in there, I'm sure can be pretty crazy. I mean, do you do you enjoy that? I, I as someone who's in the marketing space as well, one of the things that I love about this type of job, love and hate, is that you do so many different things, right? So for me, there's like not a lot of monotony to it because you're doing something new every time. Do you feel the same way in your role? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I'm very fortunate to work with some really, really talented and passionate people. So if I have free time, then I, I spend a lot of time learning from them because a lot of them are super, super, super specialized in what they do. And I'm like the opposite of that, where I don't specialize in anything, but I can do like a lot of things at a base level. Um, so I, I feel like it's always just a really good learning opportunity for people like me who don't like have, we don't have depth, but we have breadth yeah <laughs> absolutely agree it's a great way to go um next question is how did you get started with event hosting which i think you <laughs> kind of touched on in the, the pop-up here um but any other thoughts on how you started your event hosting career um it's just something that i i wanted like after i tried it out i was like hey this looks pretty cool and um i actually helped arrange for like some other some other logistics for that event as well but um being able to host i felt like it was really fun and it was something that when i first started like <laughs> I, I would definitely say i was not the best at hosting and i was just like when i see when i see like not like me not doing well or something i'm like okay well let's do that again but better and that's basically <laughs> what happened so and so it's fun, but it's also a really, really, it's a place that I could probably grow a lot. And that's a part of the, that's part of the passion for me. You know, I like being better, um, doing better and growing. So yeah, I just, gotcha. I just pretty much pursued it and said like a lot of times, especially for like games and quick where they have, we have like hosts that read like donation comments and stuff, but we also had like new opportunities, like on camera with prize segments or interviews and stuff like that. Like a lot of that was me saying, Hey, I can, I'll help. And I can do you it. Know, they're like, <laughs> yeah. And before when we didn't have like the, like dedicated people to do those things, you know, that was like a perfect opportunity. Right. And now we have like interview teams who are like really, really good at what they do. And we have like hosts that have been doing this for like seven years or whatever at this point so they're like really really good but like being able to just raise my hand and be like hey I'll, i would love to help like that's that's my specialty and that's basically how i got started it's always with raising my hand yeah and being willing to fail like you said and have those experiences where it might not be the best but you can still get back up and try it again and improve i think that's so important oh, and yeah. in, in hosting too because you'll have those times when <laughs> things go badly uh, and yep. you look back at yourself from like years ago and the, the transformation's completely different. I'm sure you feel if you've been doing this for some time. So you only yeah, get that I, way I, by practicing a lot. Sorry, go ahead. I still have bad moments. I just cut them out of my, out of my hosting reel. It's fine. <laughs> there you go. You can edit it out. That's another skill to, to learn how to use. Yeah. That's great. Uh, next question is, how do you stay organized? What organizational programs, processes, or tools do you use and any advice on how to use them? Any thoughts God. on organization? <laughs> organization is really, really difficult for me because I'm, I'm like that person that loves to buy notebooks and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to journal and I'm going to write down like hour by hour everything that I do and then I get lazy and then I don't actually do it and then I have to like figure it out later but a lot of times so um i use so we we use um a program called monday and that is like it's kind of like a it's like a it's like a task management board and it's super super customizable so i use that to manage a lot of my tasks for games done quick for everything else because i do like freelance and i work on other things i actually like have a really really big notebook and i don't have my current one because i put it off to the side for the event but literally i have two books here one is like a daily book that i use to like write about the day it's empty right now because this is for 2022 
Um, but then I also have like an actual like written planner. It's like, it's to keep uh, it like this is to write down like event days and stuff so that I have like easy access to it. But other than that, I keep like my entire life is managed by like calendar apps, Google Calendar. Yep. <laughs> I have if, if it's whenever people ask me like, hey, can we meet? I'm like, put it on my calendar because if you don't, <laughs> I will not remember. I'm so sorry. It's not because of you. It's because I am disorganized. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, in, in a role like this where there's so many things happening, I mean, it's hard to keep track of all of it for sure. So you need some way to remind you. And I'm, I'm definitely the same way with the calendars. Um, we also use Monday at Lenovo. So that's a great tool on a team nice. side to work. Stuff like that. Yeah, we've been picking that up. Not sponsored, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not sponsored <laughs> for sure. We pay for that. Yeah. We, we, we have to pay for that. <laughs> Definitely not free, but... Um, yeah, no, and also like, you know, stuff like Slack and stuff to, yeah. to communicate. Yep, of course. Also of course. paid. Great stuff. Uh, next really? question is from Pegasus, who asks, what are your thoughts on the state of esports marketing? good slash bad place and what's the future outlook of esports marketing like so interesting question what do you think about the current state of esports is it in a good or bad spot or somewhere in between i think that it's a lot better when we first started off with marketing and gaming and esports it was a lot of it was there were a lot of people that weren't like traditional marketers that were kind of taking on that role like i am one of those people right where i um, you know, I was working on things that I, I without a degree in marketing. And the, while I feel like I could do a great job, there's just a lot of experience that someone that has like that degree in marketing can do and think about that maybe I can't even understand because I, I don't have a degree in marketing. So um, I do feel like now, especially with esports and gaming becoming a household brand, like a lot of people wouldn't consider games a household brand like in the past. Like when you think of household brand, you think of paper towels, you think of like toothpaste and toothbrushes and food and stuff like that. But now like gaming is a lot, it's definitely a lot closer to being that household brand. And that also means that there are a lot of really, really, really seasoned professionals, people that are older than Ben and me combined together that have that knowledge of like, how like an industry like paper towels has been so successful over like 1 million years and they're bringing that to gaming and i feel like that is a big change and something that we really need because like yeah we know a lot about gaming and that's really really good but at the same time we we could we have we can still learn from from people that don't know about gaming like they have that outside perspective that we don't and we can't have because we are so ingrained into it and um yeah i feel like gaming and marketing and gaming is a lot better but we're a lot better off for having that outside perspective we understand like we like we're able to bring the best of both worlds right like you have people like ben who know a lot about gaming you know a lot about the community and then you can combine that with someone who has done amazing marketing programs like outside of esports that they can convert into an esports thing so i feel like we're we're just starting to get the best of both worlds now i feel like while we were like okay when we first started we are so much better off now and we, i feel like it's only going to go further up as we get more of these like professionals and like people that win like emmy awards like working on gaming yeah i i love that that mention because i completely agree i mean you're seeing you really have to have both essentially right like it is important to have people who understand games industry and yep. that's not necessarily going to be people who've been in marketing for decades at this point but you still need people who have that experience in the industry to really guide um, some of the, especially the broader programs that yeah. can really apply regardless of industry, of, of campaigns and things you can run with the lens of people who understand gaming and how to translate that into that space. So I think it's a great point and one that you're seeing a lot of, a lot of companies and parts of the gaming industry start bringing those people in um, to help with those really bigger activations. Yeah, absolutely. It was it goes back to like how we mentioned that TI had people who worked on the Super Bowl and on the Olympics. like. I, I'm not sure what the what their experience is with gaming, but having that knowledge of how a big broadcast like the Super Bowl works is super, super important to the growth here. And that apl also applies to marketing as well. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Okay, next question. I think is our last question of the hour, who is, of course, from Maggie, who's been the MVP tonight. Uh, Maggie asks, do you have any advice for someone who's been trying to be a part of the pioneer stage of esports psychology or anything psychology related in the field? If not, that's completely fine. This is huge. So psychology, thoughts yeah. on that? I'm not. So I, I do want to preface this with I do not have any formal experience in psychology whatsoever. So you can take this and you can take my <laughs> my thoughts with the biggest grain of salt ever and I would not be offended. Um, but I think that the biggest thing right now is to kind of for especially for me, from my perspective, is that we still need to break that stigma of of mental health being a bad thing or or not having perfect mental health being something bad, you know, um, when we. Uh, you know, Ben, I'm not sure if if you if you uh, would agree with me or not, but um, I would say that a couple of years ago, being depressed is like people would think something was wrong with you, like mm -hmm. like that you're just bad or you're you're just not you're you're subhuman, right? Like people thought really poorly about people that didn't have perfect mental health. And I feel like that is probably like the biggest thing that we would need to work on right now because people are extremely high functioning with things like depression and other mental uh, mental health issues. And I feel like like we really just need to stop like thinking about these people as subhuman. Like they're like everyone has yep. their own struggles. And I feel like that's something that we're just starting to like get yeah a better understanding of and people are starting to be a little more empathetic in that way and they understand like these people are fantastic people it's just like you know maybe you just have like a, a little chemical imbalance that 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 affects your brain a little bit but you're perfectly fine fully functional and even if you're not like you're just surviving you know everybody has mm -hmm. their own thing and i feel like right now like if i were to like that i just feel like that's just something that we still have to work on. We still have to get there, you know, and um, it, it would be fantastic if we had a lot more involvement of people with like mental health and psychology and esports. Um, but we do need like the community to like be a lot more open to it first. It's kind of like, like if, if we're comparing it to like something that you and I are more familiar with, like the whole concept of like selling out, right? And doing ads, hashtag ad things. Like a lot of people yep. in the olden, ye olden days of esports, People would say you're a sellout and they would say you suck for for doing a sponsored thing and, and you know, for getting that bag. And uh, like only now people are starting to understand that, like, that's part of like that's part of growth, you know, and accepting mental health and and being more open to understanding, like how people can help people like how people live their lives differently from you. Like, that's really important, too it is really important for people to start understanding that. So yeah, I, I can't speak to specifically to like the career wise aspect of it, but I feel like our communities need to need, we still need to step up in, in, in our way of like accepting people more um, so that professionals can step in and do their thing, you know? Yeah, no, I think that goes beyond even just gaming and esports. Um, just at, for society as a whole, accepting that kind of thing with mental health. Um, but definitely in esports, and especially because, like we've talked about, gaming is so new, and this industry is so new that we don't even know the long-term impacts of, you know, gaming as a professional player or being in the industry and the impacts that'll have on your mental health. Um, and I think to your point, like it needs to be more normalized in this space. And um, I think the ad example is a great sample of how things have changed. But I think even that is still changing, and the perceptions yeah. around making a viable career in this space um, are similar to how you can look at the mental impacts of being in this space long term and how I mean, to your point, Maggie, like it's very, it's very new, right? Um, right. Because gaming and esports are also very new. So it's going to have to be something where there might be opportunities speaking up in the in the meantime, that you might be able to try out kind of like we talked about earlier, um, just to see what's out there essentially, and, and just help spread the word on mental health. So yeah, um, if I were to question. like, if I were to put myself in in an esports psychology person's shoes, and once again, I'm saying this as someone who has no formal experience in it at all, I would say that that would be where I would start with with the advocation, um, for for people who may have, you know, who may struggle with with mental health or, um, 
anything related to psychology and also like I think that that like there are other aspects of psychology as well right where like there are lifestyle coaches for teams that like coach people on on like through they coach people through tournaments right like we had people like at TI to coach the players through tournaments like as they move forward into the bracket and you know also outside of it there's like so much there's so much your brain is engaged so much in esports especially as a professional gamer who has to deal with competition every day that you know i think that making more people aware of those things is where i personally would start just i feel like there isn't the like a full like like the awareness of it like everyone knows that you you use your brain and your brain is kind of like under a lot of pressure during esports but i feel like not a lot of people like are fully aware of it so i would probably yeah. start with awareness and that's a great way where you can probably start your own type of things too. Uh, speaking of content creation or opportunities and just get something out there because it is so new and there's not a whole lot of established paths for this, especially in this space. Um, so I think that's a great point from Sumi just to kind of get out there and start spreading the word to help with the, uh, the normalcy of it. So Maggie, thank you for that last question. And thank you for all the questions from everyone throughout the show. Uh, this was really great. Thanks everyone who came out and asked questions as well as just watching, hanging out and enjoying the show, hopefully. Thank you to Sumi, of course, for being on. Sumi, anything you want to say as a final thought or wrap up before we sign off here? Mm, no, I would just say keep doing your thing, everyone. And uh, university is awesome and study hard and uh, just don't feel pressured to keep yourself to, to like, don't feel pressured to like pick pick a lane and stick with it you can always figure out what you're going to do as you move forward and, and as you grow because everyone changes all the time. Great stuff. Thank you so much for being on Sumi, of course. Uh, just so everyone knows, the next episode will be next week as usual. So make sure you join the Discord, follow on Twitter, all the good stuff so you get updated on the guest and everything happening next week. And we will see you all then. So thanks for coming out. Thanks again for Sumi for being on. We'll yeah. see you guys next week. Bye. See ya.